0: Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, we celebrate our third anniversary with a look back at the topics we covered this year and provide any updates on topics we've covered in the past. Let's get ready for another Human Exception.
1: updates that I was expecting. I was like, oh, there's no way, and then I went, oh! um, That's a
2: unexpected turn of events.
3: A- <laughs> I mean, it's perfect, because um, some of us don't.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have some updates, but not a ton. Uh,
0: gosh. Alright, I guess we should see why we're here. This is our third anniversary celebration. We launched on October 31st. My twenties We're now in 2023. <laughs> we
1: are yes, we are now three years old. We are a toddler oh. podcast. Jesus. toddler <laughs> podcast.
3: I remember when I no, no, I don't. Oh Jesus. Oh god.
2: <laughs> yeah, so we're at um twelve thousand three hundred downloads. What? Yeah. Or what? plays or whatever. Holy shit.
1: Uh, hi. Yeah, that's okay. It's a big
3: how number. do we have now? One hundred and
4: twelve.
0: Sorry,
3: so how many episodes? episodes oh, we
0: yeah, now? we're not we're at uh, one hundred and eighteen.
1: Okay. okay,
3: okay. So that's Still. pretty close to a hundred. Hundred streams per per episode.
2: Yep. Pretty good. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Okay, considering we're just a bunch of nerds that just get together and bullshit. <laughs> that
1: right? is how almost verbatim how I describe it <laughs> to people. <laughs> like I, I don't know. We just sit around and bullshit, but it's bullshit that has facts with it. I don't know. It's
4: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So in case you're for some reason new around here, every year we round up on the. Uh, topics we've covered in the last year if there's been any updates and any updates on previous topics that we've done so we're gonna do here today
1: but it's getting um, getting to be a big list i should
0: should talk about jeff
1: (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that is so out of left field i love it oh my god
0: so the but when we came up with the idea of the podcast um we decided to do like a trial one you each pick the topic and we recorded an episode and that episode has never aired. <laughs> it's the episode zero. <laughs> and my topic was on Jeff the Talking Mongoose. <laughs> which is a story <laughs> based on true events and no one knows the truth about. Um, Like, two days ago turns out a movie was made and it came out and uh, I got really excited about it. Jason, like, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Tim Townsend, is that his name? Fuck. Guy who plays Gale and Baldur's Gate is Yeah, in that movie. Tim
2: Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, it was super weird. I found it because of Baldur's Gate stuff. So,
1: that is wild. And it and doesn't it have like Simon Pegg and. Simon Pegg, Christopher Lloyd.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, so. It's got some good good folks in there for sure.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, we we totally watched it yesterday or Friday. Is it, and... What's it called? Um, Nandor Fordar and the talking mongoose. (laughs) So Nandor Fordar is one of the people who researched this and so like when I I was on Tim Dowie's like uh, Twitter looking for behind the scenes like Mulder's Gate stuff and like I saw his tweet and the first two words was Nandor Fordar I'm like I know that name. (laughs) Because there's only a couple people that really researched really well into this topic and this guy is the one that did the most research and was the biggest skeptic and still came away not knowing what the fuck happened? <laughs> so I was like, what the fuck? So I got really excited about I it. it. I love it. Yeah, it was it. pretty good. Like, um, I think for people who are kind of used to modern cinema and just want to go to a movie expecting some sort of big resolution or something like that, you're not going to get one in this because that's just not the fact behind this. this is, there is no resolution, and that's kind of part of the question. Um, But it, I thought it was really interesting. So yeah, if you like weird topics that are based on true stories <laughs> and <laughs> I recommend checking it out because it is it is it is a, it is a
2: ride. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> it was a good time. All right. Let's see here. Also, let's take a look at what we did in this last year. <laughs> a couple things. As we, let me see. My oh, math. Yeah, we did. We did like thirty something topics. That's a few. That's a few. Yep. Hmm. All right. So yeah, we opened up
0: with our last season with sentient world simulation, Nathan.
3: I'm going to be honest, as far as I know, we're still in a simulation, so... <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I didn't really find much more beyond what I had really found for that episode. Um, mm-hmm. Not much more in the way of, like, quote, quote, proof. <laughs> or disproof. I mean... What really happens when people die? We just wake up outside of the Matrix? Um, I... Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any updates on that.
1: You didn't get into your own personal pod and do a bunch of experiments. And Well, kind of
3: I mean... Isn't that what life is all about?
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> I'm doing it every day!
3: I'm doing it every day. Um... Although now that you say that, I'm gonna oh. get into my own personal pod.
2: <laughs> I want I'm gonna pod. go
3: do the sensory deprivation chamber and see if I can connect outside. Oh shit! Something.
0: We we do have places that do that in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I was actually. I I don't have no idea. The only reason I connected the two things was because Ali said pod, so that just came up now. <laughs> and it's very instant. Um. Maybe. You do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'll have a a topic of, hey, I did this, so you don't have to. I'm I'm into thing. it. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so y'all may have noticed that Courtney's not here today, um, and has and hasn't been for the last couple of episodes. Just how oh, this used life busy, you know, whatever. But we did see her yesterday. Um, she gave her town, and we we're talking to her, and. <laughs> We came up with this idea that the four of us, so when Hallie, when you come to visit, the four of us should go downtown and do the personality quiz for Scientology.
3: Yes.
0: Oh, my God. We have a church downtown. You free walk in, get your, like, personality oh. test done. Oh, my God.
1: I will. I'll do it. I'll do it. You don't, you don't have to say <laughs> anything else. I'm going to get my ass over across the country, and we're going to fucking do it.
0: It'd be good. I think it'd be fun. It would be an experience.
1: Oh my god. That's
0: genius. I used to walk by it all the time because it was between my work and the fabric shop. okay. (laughs) I was always tempted to go in because I was just so curious. Like, what the hell do they, like, what questions do they even ask you? (laughs) Right. Hmm. How do yep. they suss out whether or not you're susceptible to their cult tactics?
1: I am probably whether or not you have a stink face the entire time they're talking to you. <laughs>
3: yeah, probably.
1: Just like Ugh. don't just laugh
0: and laugh at them.
1: Right. Yeah, maniacally start laughing.
0: <laughs> anyway. It up. All right, so we're still in simulation. Good to know. <laughs> um nope. do we have any updates on the Voynich manuscript Ellie? Holy. Holy shit, yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I was not expecting that.
1: <laughs> I wasn't either. Okay, so it's funny because we did this early in the year, obviously, and then a few months later, um it, like people really think they might have this thing partially decoded. So, <laughs> so just a couple of months after we talked about it, this story comes through um, about a woman named Dr. Lisa Fagan Davis. Uh, And she is a—this is a fucking title, let me tell you. She is a uh, paleographer, codicologist, fragmentologist, and bibliographer with a particular interest— in pre-17th century manuscript fragments and collections in North America. And she's taught Latin uh, paleotography at Yale and uh, now teaches manuscript studies at the Simmons University School of Library and Information Science. And as of 2023, she is the regular Latin paleography instructor at the Rare Book School at the University of Virginia. Wow. So, So, huh, yes. Um, i had to break this down because i hadn't heard of uh, a paleography to begin with so i was like let's look that up it is the study and academic discipline of the analysis of historical writing systems the uh history of manuscripts and texts subsuming deciphering and dating historical manuscripts including the analysis of historic handwriting signification and printed media and the handwriting part is where we get into that because she's figured some things out um mm. so that's the first part this is like so so niche it is so niche what she does and it's fascinating um is the study of codices or manuscript books and it's often referred to as the archaeology of the book so i was like oh okay that makes sense So you're like, you're looking at the ink and the paper and, you know, how it was bound. And so that's that part of it. Uh, Fragmentology is kind of what it sounds like. It's the study of surviving fragments of manuscripts, mainly manuscripts from the Middle Ages, which is where this is from, supposedly the Voynich, and the Renaissance in the case of European manuscript cultures. And then a bibliographer is a person who describes and lists books and other publications, blah, blah, blah. Blue, blah, blah, blah. So she's extremely niche and uh, yeah, had a breakthrough with this thing. She's been looking at it for years. She runs also a very popular, I guess it's X now, whatever fucking Twitter. It's Twitter. I don't know. I refuse to call it X. You can't erase that, like uh. <laughs> She's on Twitter and she very I read through some of her old um tweets. She's very patient with people and has like a sense of humor about what she does. So I was like, "Oh. Okay. All right. So all of that to be said, she worked with the Voynich manuscript and has been doing so for many years like I mentioned, and she eventually came around to the idea that she should apply the principles of Latin paleography to this weird writing system that's in the Voynich manuscript, and she's been able so far to identify that there are five separate hands at work in the manuscript. Oh. Oh. There were at least five people writing it, so it was somehow a collaborative production, which is interesting. I was like, oh, so it's a group of trolls. Okay. (laughs) um it's 4chan understood um but then uh so other professors are building on dr davis's findings other like linguists who are a little bit more general and they're looking at the language of the different parts where dr davis is saying okay this is person a this is person b and so on and they're kind of comparing the different hands at work to almost like they're writing in different languages or dialects Mm -hmm. or that even the idea that one person was the main like figure behind this and was actually trying to write a real language and the other four scribes were not they were just basically bullshitting (laughs) i
2: fucking love this That's wild. It's
1: wild to me. So there's a, it's a whole interview, and of course, we always have the links in the show notes. It's from Library Planet. She does this great interview on there where she's talking about what she was working with. It's really fascinating, and she points specifically to a place that I didn't know existed the first time around. Um, it's called the Voynich Ninja. So this is a forum. I'll give you all the links so you can take a look. Um, it's a forum for people, amateurs and professionals, academics, We're trying to unravel the Voynich manuscript, and they have been working on this for a long fucking time. What? Yes. So there's even a whole section on paleography and cryptography. There's non-Voynich valia, which is is stuff that's not directly linked to that. Like it's it's
2: cool. There's almost two thousand members. Yeah. Wow. Thousands of posts. I
1: was like, how did I not find this the first time? This is really cool. I very quickly started clicking and reading things. And I was like, I'm going to fall so far down a hole. (laughs) I'm never going to be able to get back out again. So suffice to say this Voynich Ninja um, forum I might use in the future because it's really cool what people are doing with this.
2: That's wild. So.
1: I know, right? People are looking at, like, old maps and, like, plant labels and all just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, So all these people, all these sleuths are are working on the Voyniage. They're working with Dr. Davis. um, But I, I had pulled one quote out of here from her that I thought was just so... So kind of funny and enlightening. Um, She says, The Voynich used to be thought of only as a joke and as the domain of conspiracy theorists and crackpots. That impression still holds somewhat, of course, but as more peer-reviewed work continues to be published, the topic is becoming a, quote, more acceptable in the mainstream media. The recent online Voynich conference, and there was one, that was sponsored by the University of Malta, which is where they think maybe this thing came from, um, and they had they published all of their stuff online. It's all open access now, so anybody can can go in and start start working on all of this, which I just think is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she also points to the possibilities of AI assisting in decoding the entire thing, but still believes that it'll be a person, not a computer, that eventually solves it. See, this is a moral way to use AI. I'm okay yeah, with this. Ex- exactly totally a hundred percent and and you know they've they've run the voyage through multiple computer algorithm programs And not really come up with anything, but the way that, and in my extremely teeny tiny limited knowledge of AI, the way that it would work would be, it would, I always think of that scene in the original Blade movie where he's like decoding the big vampire prophecy thing, and it's like (laughs) flitting symbols across, and it's matching symbols with other symbols, and like that in my mind, that's what the AI is doing, is it's like playing Mahjong, but with the Voynich (laughs) manuscript. Oh, God. I just made myself laugh. I'm so proud. Um, but it, it's, it, it's cool the way that people are working on this and being collaborative. So they are collaborating on a now seemingly collaborative ancient manuscript. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Is, I know. I right. I was like really excited. Yeah. And she thinks that certain, like in the, in the Voynich, there are certain, definitely certain kinds of plants that, after you look at it for a while, um, match with modern plants. Like there was one specifically the castor plant where we get castor oil from that Mm. she thinks is represented in some of the drawings. So they're they're even working on that level, just trying to pick out what some of these plants are so that maybe that will give them a better idea of the time and place based on how that plant has evolved through the centuries. So just cool. I know. That, that's,
0: yeah, that's, that's fucking bonkers.
1: I was really excited when I read it. Was the, the article,
2: I think, is just from July of this <laughs> year. Yeah. Well, shit, that's an update. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. I was, like, typing, 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 going, oh, my God, there's more than just a couple paragraphs here. This is cool.
2: Alright. Well, then. Okay, so the next was alchemy, which is also weird. <laughs> And I've also got
0: an update. Yes. So, fulminating gold. Have you guys ever heard of this before?
1: Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. I don't know what it means.
0: So, it's thought to be like the first high explosive that was ever made. And it was made with gold, chloride, hydros- hydroxide salts, ammonia gas, and ammonia- ammonium salts. Oh. It was thought that we kind of discovered it around like 1585. And this product is very volatile and like every alchemical creation, the properties of it were surrounded in rumour, superstition, and folklore. All enhanced by the mysterious fact that when it exploded, it makes purple smoke. <laughs>
3: oh. okay.
0: One myth said that the explosion was directed inward. So an implosion instead of an explosion. But in 1809, a chemist by the name of Jans Jakob Berzelius... Uh, wanted to test this theory and uh, dropped a beaker containing a sample by accident, resulting in glass shards in his eye and a permanent purple colored scars on his hand. Whoa. Over the century, tests have been done, but no one could quite figure out the source of the purple smoke on detonation until now. Simon Hall's team at the University of Bristol went to work to definitively answer this. There has long been a theory that the explosion created is created by gold nanoparticles and how those interact with the light is what gives the color and um, how it could be used to give objects a purple patina. <laughs> All right, but there's still one mystery. Who discovered it? Well, there's a lot of dispute on who wrote it and much like, you know, anything alchemy, the penchant to use pseudonyms, fudge dates, and fudge dates makes it very hard to determine the origins. So yes, we know now purple smoke. Gold particles. Who knew? Huh? Wow! Um, but we still don't know who fucking
1: made this thing. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! Yeah, that kind of
1: yeah, that's that's really interesting. Purple. Smoke. I mean, yeah, if something goes boom and there's purple smoke, I would be curious. But like, that's not normal.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, like, how badass would like a purple smoke scar be? On that's head?
1: a D and D villain origin yeah. story. Yeah, that's. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so that's my alchemy update. Nice. Next was the Snape Wives, which I don't have an update on that. Oh, It was a thing that happened still. <laughs> it was uh, a thing that happened. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, next was your God is an Asshole story.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had neither um, sources nor anything else I I mean, I could have gone back into the Bible and been like, well, maybe I was wrong, but no, I wasn't going to do that. So So, yeah, I have no updates. You (laughs) just have to look around it. 90% of the church organizations and just be like, yeah.
2: Yep. All right. And then, uh, Holly, you did
1: Charles Silverstein. He's still deceased. Um, his work <laughs> still is very important. Not much has really changed. I will say I will mention too that I, I think the one thing that's good for us to remember with Silverstein's work on um relations between gay men and sex and intimacy is that um m- I'm just going to, I mean, we all know this. AIDS is not a gay disease. Uh, that was a political and religious mes- set of messaging and the advances that are being made now and actually curing people are really fucking cool. So maybe hopefully one day, yeah, they'll be able to eradicate it. And that is dope. And Silverstein's, you know, writings and work led to that being able to happen. So, that would be pretty cool if we were able to write.
0: The
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they've been they've made some really cool leaps uh, just in the last couple of years, and I was like, oh, this is this might actually turn into something in our lifetimes,
2: which would be dope. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Next was uh, Courtney's thing: sounds of Alaska, but Courtney's not here.
0: Um, Nathan, the great maple syrup heist.
3: <laughs> so. I think there's one thing that I, I found, one, one thing, um, you know, besides all of the, the sort of like court cases and whatnot that was going on that I think I touched on in the, in the episode originally, there was one thing that I didn't, uh, as far as I remember, and a couple of years ago, I think in 2018, Netflix put out a show called Dirty Money. And in oh. one of the earlier episodes, they actually talk about the maple syrup heist. Um, so if anyone is interested uh, and they want a little more information, because I'm sure um, there, was, there are things possibly in that episode that I have missed. I haven't had a chance to look at it myself. Um, they do discuss the maple syrup heist and I believe a little bit of the other stuff that I had touched on like the the maple syrup cartel in Canada um, and the whole situation around it um, I do believe they, they do touch on that so um, yeah if uh, you're interested go give it a look uh, generally not yeah, it it seems seems like it's an interesting show so far. I have not had a lot of time to dig into it, but it is out there.
2: Nice. All right, Allie, where do we bury our dead, and
0: do we still do We're it? Still,
1: yeah, we still do it. We still cremate people. Uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nada, you can still be turned into a tree. People are people are. Uh, being seems like more accepting of that which I think is cool but nope that's about it oh
0: alright next we have is, uh, cassowaries so it turns out that since earlier this year Charles Darwin University has been running a study on the cassowaries role in seed distribution uh, mm-hmm. they created an ingestible tracking device that the cassowaries could then eat and would allow the researchers to track where they went and then where they deposited said tracker um, I have a picture of it
2: here. Do-do. That's cool. Yeah, it kind of looks like a roll of coins. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, also, that thing that is pictured with there—that's apparently called uh, a cassowary plum. Huh? I don't know; it looks delicious to me. <laughs>
1: apparently, something that you it can looks like fruit. a fruit out of Zelda. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, pretty much. I thought it was an egg. That yeah. <laughs>
1: Not an egg.
0: Okay. Oh, remember, their eggs are lime green.
1: Oh, that's oh, right. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, such weird birds. I love
0: it. <laughs> yeah, The researchers would then go and collect the tracker as well as a sample of the droppings to determine the variety and kinds of seeds in it. As expected, caspergers that live in pristine rainforests fed only on native fruit, while those in territories that contained more urbanized areas had more exotic seeds while still having a high count of native seeds which is good it's encouraging the cassowaries with access to humans and their vegetation and potentially even food still sought out native fruits but there is also a concern if droppings containing exotic seeds are left in the rainforest it could be disastrous for the forest quote when a new exotic plant finds its way into the forest it often has a knock-on effect throughout the entire ecosystem Exotic species can damage land and water resources, carry diseases, and compete with native plants for resources. To help promote the resistance and ecological function of remnant rainforest patches, we suggest an effort be made to limit cassowary access to exotic fruiting plants and supplement urban gardens with native fruiting plants, such as the cassowary plant. So meanwhile, this summer, a team of 40 uh, citizen researchers made their goal to take a census of the southern cassowary population uh, north of Townsville, Australia, in the Paluma Range National Park. So it's an area consisting of about 22,000 hectares. So initially, they scoured this land on foot over a period of three days, and not one cassowary was seen. Oh my god! But evidence was there that they they were... They were there, so somewhere. Um, so motion sensor cameras were set up throughout the park, and between this and other physical evidence, it's estimated that 16 birds live in the area, which is really not many. They do have huge territories, though, but 16 birds as a population. Yeah. So, this was the first initiative of its kind driven by locals, and hopefully the start of more to come citizen science is so important because it brings a sense of ownership for people these are our birds in our backyard we care about them and want them to thrive and prosper in the long term which i thought was really cool just like your local community getting together banding together to like okay let's understand this creature that lives in our area that is in trouble Mm -hmm. and try and do something towards it because like scientists require research grants and funding and all that sort of stuff to do what they need to do like there's never going to be a time where everything
1: can be researched at once yeah it's very political too yeah so yeah yeah it's cool that people want to you know pick up research arms so to speak and go do the thing themselves totally
0: all right yeah so that was um, Next, I did the story on Betty Jean Masters, and we still don't have any updates on that one.
2: Uh, Nathan, feral cattle.
3: They're still out there?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want to I,
3: I mean, like, <clears throat> I think one of the most interesting things was that they know that they're out there, it's a thing, and they just want to leave them the fuck alone like there are still um the the herds in like Hawaii and um and like in other in other places and they're mostly just left alone at this point. They're still studying them. Um but there hasn't really been any new major um
2: uh, like new major updates or anything?
3: No new herds. Um, that's the word I was looking for. Um, that they've that they really at least talked about. So, yeah.
2: Oh, cool. Um, failed products, Hallie. I mean, stuff still
1: flunks. People still buy stupid <laughs> shit. Um, no, it's it. It's honestly like. Especially with the holidays coming around, the amount of dumb crap that we're going to see pop up on places like Amazon going to be pretty good. If you hear of something, if anyone out there listening hears of something cool or sees something when they're doing holiday shopping, shoot us a little note on the website or on Instagram and we'll all look at it because I yep. love crap like that.
0: <laughs> totally. All right, and then... Isla de
2: la Monecas, Nathan. Uh,
3: I couldn't find anything. There was no new, no new stuff on the, on the Isle of the Dolls. All
2: right. And then the
0: Michael Jackson allegations. So on November 7th, it was reported that the Jackson's residence Neverland Ranch has begun to show signs of renovations. And the addition of new rides and attractions. It's unclear at this time what the current owner plans to do though. A business mogul named Ron Burkle purchased the property in 2020. And his initial intentions seemed to be to raise the property for the land. But it seems like those plans have changed. Because yeah, the rides that existed were, are being renovated. New ones are being added. So I don't know. Are we going to get a Michael Jackson theme park?
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, that is really... i i I had seen that yeah and was like oh okay here we go something's happening yeah and then um, we have taj jackson who
0: is a nephew of michael has always been a very vocal advocate for his uncle's innocent innocence has a docuseries called rewriting history in the works that he hopes will show people who michael really was it will address the allegations and many other aspects of michael's life many of the family will be directly involved including michael's son prince which is interesting because he hasn't really been involved like mm. none of the children have been in really involved with a lot of the documentary yeah. stuff so far so i'd love to hear like i'm i would love to hear their perspective on things because obviously they knew him better than anyone like mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: oh man
0: So um, production has been slow with all the strikes in Hollywood as of September this year. He's hoping for a 2024 release. Hmm. Um, There has been an update on one of the many cases being filed against the Jackson estate by the alleged leaving Neverland victims, Wade Robson and James Safechuck. The most recent case was originally thrown out by the courts, but this summer it was determined that it would actually go to court. Um, It was overridden by like a California court system, I believe. Because um, I think it's a Supreme Court or something that that said, like, this is this is bullshit. We're not going to prosecute this case. And then now it's backed up for prosecution. It's going to go to court. So we'll see. It is known that there is a leaving Neverland 2 in the works. Um, not a lot of information out there. But they have gotten the rights to film the case when it eventually goes to trial.
2: Hmm. Which is interesting. That is. Wow. Yeah, That's,
3: that's so weird. Just like, mm.
2: yeah, yeah, there's something kind of squirmy and uncomfortable about all of it. Yeah, like, it's like, how far are you going to push this narrative? Right, yeah. right. I guess it, it,
0: what, it, it was an HBO bombshell. Like, yeah. people are like, unless you've looked deeper, that's what you believe. Uh, yeah. They're probably getting a lot exactly. more support
1: than they deserve. Yeah. It's that yeah. that weird um bad Venn diagram of wanting to make sure that we believe victims and also acknowledging that people lie mm-hmm. and it's yeah. really uncomfortable in the middle,
3: yeah,
0: yeah, and that's like also same thing with the Johnny Depp amber heard thing, yeah, um. Uh, which was really confusing <laughs> and I didn't really know what to think about it for a long time but then Swoop did a huge multi-series thing on it and I fucking hate Amber Heard I fucking hate her <laughs> she is like she's like oh this is horrible this is a loss for all victims it's like no you pretending to be a victim that's a loss for victims oh fuck away but that's a topic that's way more
1: complicated to get into
0: than just yeah, that that's,
1: that one but, is really yeah no one no one is everyone sucks there
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no one's a winner, but yeah. No. Yeah, so that's that. Um yeah, and then after that, we finished up our My Immortal series. With our <laughs> <Gothic> <laughs> episodes, Which was fun. That was fun. Um and then it was Clementine Barnabette, and I don't have an update there. Um, and we was Courtney topics, and then Canamara Kanamara Matsuri, Nathan.
3: I mean as far Are as I understand, the penis <laughs> festival is still happening, so
1: Hallie, <laughs> you right. you're cunning folk? No new academic work on them. I have um oddly enough, like found you know, I've been I've been swapping books with people on this Pango app that works in the States. And uh, people have some really cool historical stuff that I've been able to nab for, like, three bucks. So I'm going to read some more stuff on, like, European medieval magic systems and everything. Yeah, so if I have anything later, but for right now, I don't.
0: That's super cool, though. Yay. All right, and then the Bielefeld conspiracy. Uh, Bielefeld still doesn't exist.
2: (laughs) 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 Um, Then Akigahara Forest.
3: Uh, yeah, I I mostly just decided not to look further into that. That's
1: probably fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Jack Parsons.
1: The Jet Propulsion Lab is still operational. Jack Parsons was still a weirdo. Um, again, I'm I. Yeah, again, I'm going to look at a little bit more about Aleister Crowley, but that is a very particular rabbit hole that I think I need to be mentally prepared for. Um, But I do have a big, big book on Aleister Crowley uh, on my shelf right now that I will be getting into at some point. So maybe, I will definitely do an app on him in the future, but for anyone who's like, "What, what does that have to do with Jack Parsons and what the fuck, Jack Parsons was one of Aleister Crowley's last, like, monetary contributors. <laughs> mm. Because Crowley was broke AF and nearing the end like of his life like a lot of help. L. Ron
0: Hubbard at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have to because they're all connected and yeah. it's such a weird story. If you want, like, if you want a, I, I think probably a, a much more Um, succinct roundup on Jack Parsons and obviously way more funny than I will ever be the dollop did a really good episode on him that kind of I had known about him but I didn't know the L. Ron Hubbard Alistair Crowley Jack Parsons triangle (laughs) (laughs) that and they did a really good job with that so it's worth a listen I think it's one of their earlier episodes too cool
0: all right Uh, For Jack Parsons, um, we did our Three Things episode. And then, Nathan, you did Questions Young People Ask.
3: Yeah, I mean, we didn't get through that book. (laughs) (laughs) We will, I assume that that will be um, another another episode when we decide (laughs) that we need to read Mm -hmm. weird-ass shit.
1: Weird ass shit. Yep. yep, that's. I should have asked the JWs who showed up on my porch last month for their all of their pamphlets.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> give oh. me all of them, even the ones you don't have on your person.
3: Yeah, come back to me. Them. Just give me. No, all don't of come back
1: to me. Them. Just put them in the mail.
3: Oh yeah, though that, that's better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. If I don't, not, if I I don't answer, them. leave it in leave the them mailbox. Leave it on the
1: doorstep. Leave yeah. it in the mailbox. Yeah. Throw it. Throw it in the garden. I'll go get it.
3: Fine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: all right um and then we had eris's story um no new updates there but you know eris has been really touched by everyone's support and just hearing that people believe her now i think Hmm. it does it's done a lot for her and i think she's in a much kind of better place with it now so i'm hoping that that just continues to grow and that more and more people will Learn the actual truth behind the story and stop supporting a made-up story. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Um, Nathan, your JW Halloween propaganda.
3: (laughs) I mean, we covered it all.
0: (laughs) No specific stuff came out this year?
3: I didn't see anything. I also... Just kind of completely forgot to look, so
1: <laughs> it did just happen. I mean, it, it, did, it, it did just
3: did. happen. Yeah, it
1: just happened.
3: But now right. I'm gonna look.
1: <laughs>
3: Move on, and I will.
1: <laughs> Breaking news, if there's some.
0: Um, yeah, next we uh, did another thing on the history of scary stories, which I don't really have anything on.
1: Um, Holly, do you have anything on the science of being scared? We still enjoy it, uh, <laughs> apparently. He, the new thing is we're back to clowns and I was like no <laughs> apparently clowns mm. are I don't know around here everything felt like it was clown themed when I saw advertisements oh. for haunted attractions and there's like a really scary clown I was like no no no
2: we don't need to do this <laughs> it's really okay so, alright yeah. So that gets us into our old topics. So
0: this is kind of just going to be a free for all for whatever we have updates on. Uh, Does anyone have an update?
1: (laughs) Yes. Many. Oh, Oh. I I have many. Do we want to go back to our very first episode? Because I got a big one. Oh, really? All right. Let's do it. Seriously. Yeah. Was Shakespeare a woman? Hello, holy fuck. Um, so I'm going to have to uh, uh, go. Yeah, this was a lot. I was surprised. So, way back in the day, we had talked about this topic because I did that. You did, Kayla, you did. Um, Brittany Murphy. Oh, gosh. Brittany Murphy. Yes, there we go. That was her name. And I can't remember what Nathan did. Fucking everywhere. Yeah, I know, oh, right? I know I looked at it. <laughs>
3: It's almost as if I have Spotify still open on my computer.
1: <laughs> you can scroll all the
0: way up. Oh, I, I it sent you yeah. the link for your list.
3: Okay, but I don't have that open right now.
0: <laughs> um, it's a secret room behind Mount Rushmore.
3: Oh, How yeah. Was it? There
1: is something on that too.
3: Oh my God. Um. <laughs> Enlighten me.
1: I have to find it. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't remember entirely, but they.
3: Do my homework for me, Hallie. What is it?
1: No. Um, Oh, I'll have to find it. Okay. So, but with mine, okay, the whole was Shakespeare woman thing. So I had wanted to do that initially because I had been intrigued by an offhand comment made on a podcast about this theory a few years ago floating around that Shakespeare had actually been a woman. And... Um, that main theory at the time had come from a woman named Elizabeth Winkler, who is an author and a researcher, and she wrote this super controversial article in the Atlantic, the Atlantic magazine, touting this theory. Uh, so, quote: In it, she examined the case for seeing the hand of Amelia Bassano Lanier, a poet of Italian heritage born in the 16th century, in the plays attributed to the actor from Stratford upon Avon, Shakespeare. Um, so now this same woman Winkler has written a book about this whole thing. Oh. And it just came out this year. Yes. I might've bought it because I couldn't <laughs> help myself. So I'll read it. It's not here yet. It's supposed to be here tomorrow. So I will, I will definitely read it. Um, it is called, Very long title. Uh, Shakespeare was a woman and other heresies. How doubting the bard became the biggest taboo in literature. It was published in May of this year. Has a lot of impressive blurbs from big, impressive, shiny names about the depth of the research and the theories touted. But does the book stand up to what it kind of sounds like? So... Big, long sets of articles that I read on this. It's very interesting to me. Uh, quote, her book makes three compelling arguments, tying the authorship question to the rise and fall of Imperial Britain and its need for national mythmaking, exploring how Shakespeare was turned into a secular god, with theater filling the vacuum left behind by the decline of the church, and challenging the basic human need to cling to belief when doubt might be the proper response. I think that is so interesting. That is interesting. She's not just looking at that question, but then expanded her research out to look at why people got so fucking pissed at her when she put this theory out there. Um <laughs> which is fair. So, yeah. from my understanding of all of what Elizabeth Winkler put into the book, She's less focused on the gasp, shock, awe of pointing a finger at our precious William Shakespeare and calling him a her as she is examining the cultural, political, and religious pressures on society that may have caused a woman to take on a man's name or for the real Shakespeare to use a woman's work. Those are two theories in there. Mm. Um, uh Yeah. Yep. And, And just all of the pressures in society at that time. Uh, art and science beginning to flourish. We're going into the Renaissance period. Uh, all of these things happening. England is particularly known for its myth making. Um, so actually, um, uh, Doctor John Dee, who was the uh, on court alchemist slash magician for Elizabeth the actually came up with uh, the phrase the British Empire and what that did alone. Two, because we all say it, we all say the British Empire, it's just part of the vernacular now. And so anyways, it's all tied together. It's really interesting. I'm rambling. Uh, I'll go back to my script. (laughs) Quote, the extreme reactions made Winkler realize that she had touched a nerve that merited further examination in a book. That was the story. Why are they so emotional? Why are they so furious? Why is a question about the authorship of 400-year-old plays getting people so riled up? I dug into the history, and you start to see how it's connected to British identity and imperialism and religious and social changes over the centuries. I wrote the book just because I thought it was interesting. Some people maybe have the impression I'm out to convince everyone that I'm on some sort of crusade. I really don't care. Believe whatever you want to believe. I don't care what people believe about Shakespeare. That's not the point. The psychology of belief is a big part of the book. But what interested me was that it is about these bigger issues of authority and belief and certainty and the problem of history, how we interpret and construct the past. That's what excites me the most about it. The authorship question actually stands for something much larger. And at the same time, it's hilariously petty because it's about people's egos and vanity and concern for protecting their reputations and these petty squabbles that scholars are getting into. It does take on these grand scale questions, and then it's also this very human comedy of errors. Part of what's so funny is the goofy mistakes that scholars make in their attempt to defend their beliefs. Some of the responses to the book have just exemplified that phenomenon all over again. It's really interesting. I find that really super fucking interesting. Um uh from the article that this comes from, quote, "The book notes a 2011 poll commissioned by think tank Demos that found Shakespeare is the cultural symbol of which Britons are the most proud ahead of the monarchy, the armed forces, the Beatles and the Union Jack." While some of these symbols the- divide the political left and right, the bard unites everyone from Boris Johnson to Sir Ian McKellen.
0: That's really interesting. Isn't never that thought, interesting? I never thought about it that way.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to read this book <laughs> cuz it sounds exactly like the kind of thing that you start with that little that little question of like, well maybe Shakespeare wasn't exactly who we think he or they were and then it it just explodes into this mushroom cloud of questions. Oh, so yeah. yeah no. I That's know, cool. right? Uh i'm excited so yeah i should have i should have my hot little hands on that real soon but um in the meantime um the articles that i have in the show notes are definitely worth a read the guardian article that i got all those quotes from is nice and long and chunky
2: (laughs) (laughs) excellent all right well um the tunguska event was 115
0: years ago this year (laughs) Oh Jesus! No updates on that, really. None
2: but... it. Uh, Nathan, do you have do you have an update? I figure we'll just go around Robin.
3: Oh, for any of the older stuff? Yeah. Uh, I do not. Let me.
2: Uh, nothing on your older stuff.
3: Honestly, I just focused on the last on the last year, and then got distracted by most of this week. But let me see. Cause I'm sure there is something I that I came across
2: in the times. righty. well you're looking at that, Howie. What else what do you got next? Let's
0: talk about Teal Swan. Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs)
1: Oh, Oh, boy. Uh, Okay, so I am, uh, for anyone who's stuck around the podcast as a listener for a while, these folks know this. Kayla and Nathan know this. I'm not a big television watcher. Um, I especially have not been of late, which is saying something because I just don't don't really watch anything anymore. But apparently there is a documentary from earlier this year on Teal Swan from Freeform. And it was on Hulu, and I missed it. Oh,
2: interesting. I, I, didn't okay. get to,
1: I didn't get to watch it. Uh, it's called Inside the Deep End The Rise of Teal Swan and Her Controversial Completion Process Program. It was shot over several years and it's a four parter. Um, so it premiered in May. It was streaming on Hulu. I went to look for it yesterday because I was like, well, I'm going to sit down and watch this hot mess. Couldn't find it. So I was like, dang it. Um, Did you say they the actually. Call? Uh inside the deep end. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh I actually let me let me actually I'm gonna pull this uh link up real quick. There was a really good e online article about it. I'll give you all the links so you have it. So you can see like some of the stills from the documentary. Um she looks like a cult leader. If you Um, look at her this is a for
0: Canadians. Um it's available on Google Play and Apple TV apparently.
1: Ooh. Okay, well someone watch it and then tell me. Um, <laughs> I can't I can't get it. Uh, this this was oh, this wow, was yeah. yeah, she looks like a cult leader, right?
2: Yeah. It's terrifying. Girl.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I consistently forget this woman is my age. And it bl- just blows my mind like the shit that she's gotten away with. So Anyways, uh, quote, shot over several years, the four-part freeform docuseries The Deep End, which premiered in May and is streaming on Hulu, it's not right now, uh, examined both sides of the coin. The devoted community Teal has built around her, buoyed by people who have nothing but faith in her abilities and how she wields them, and also the various criticisms and results of a private investigator's quest to find out if Teal is doing more harm than good. I need to watch this. However, the entire just article about this is really disturbing and fascinating. Since we've tackled this woman a few years ago in that short amount of time since episode 12 when I had talked about her, her fame has only grown as has her spotlight. And I want to remind people that not all spotlights are good. Uh, Quote, backstage at one of Teal's workshops in Chicago, when asked about the concern that she was glorifying suicide, she told BBC News, that's pretty funny. It's really funny to me. She said that she found the idea that she was a proponent of suicide, quote, ridiculous, and that would be obvious to anyone who watched her videos. And at the same time, Teal continued, this is the worst part of my career. You start a Facebook group hoping it's going to be a place for all of these individuals to come. We think about this all the time. You've got people who are vulnerable. What are you supposed to do when you can't catch all of it? Um, That is out of the cult leaders' A playbook to put blame back on the people who are in trouble. It's yeah. fucking bananas. Uh, she oh, has been married I five know. times. I just yeah. want to point
0: that out that doesn't surprise um,
1: me. She started like serious relationships when she was nineteen. She's been married five times. Uh, Blake Dyer, who is like her head of operations, has been with her the entire time. She they met when she was nineteen. Hmm. Hmm. Um, her step programs seem to be getting bigger and longer and more expensive. Uh, she gave this documentary crew permission to follow her for years and years. And now she's like pissed.
2: Like, oh, oh, I bet the fuck she is. What did you think
1: was gonna <laughs> fucking happen? It's so wild to me. Uh, There's another quote in here. The Gateway podcast, which I think introduced people to Teal Swan, was from several years ago, is definitely Definitely worth a listen. Yeah, it's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It's up there with, like, cold. It's so good. Um, She says, what do I say to people say who what do I say to people saying I run a cult she said on the gateway here's the thing a lot of people are going to demonize me because of my honesty I have the perfect perfect recipe for a cult and I fucking know it I have a demographic of people who are miserably isolated and who need belonging desperately that's what makes me safe these people are desperate they need my approval they will do whatever the hell I say the only reason that it is not steered there is because of my ethics I've lived in a cult
3: you're Uh a cult. it's fine you can say it it's and
1: and and the the i'm not gonna get into her backstory we covered it you know my personal opinion on whether she really was kept in a dungeon for years and years of her childhood and and her parents allowed this i don't know i can't i can't know for certain whether she's bullshitting or not just to make herself seem sad there have been People who have pointed out inconsistencies in her story. That all is to say she's a fucking cult leader. Like I uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So like I remember when we talked about this, I, I kinda went into a deep dive after and um uh uh-huh. listened to a lot of podcasts of people that knew her. Um, and yeah, her yep. um satanic, satanic yep. background is pretty questionable at the least.
1: There's some shaky ground it's standing on, yeah. 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 Um, But all that is to say, the article's worth a read if you get a hold of the documentary. Definitely, you know, if you're interested, take a a watch. Um, And I'm going to point out at the end of the E! Online article, uh, they give some info. So uh, if you need, you or someone you know needs help, you can call 988 to reach the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. This is in the U.S. You can also call the network previously known as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800 273 or text home H O M E to 741-741 or go to speakingofsuicide.com forward slash resources for additional resources. So we already have done way more than she will ever do for people who need some help. Because she's now legally obligated to put that information on her website. And the only reason she did it is because she was legally obligated. Because she got in so much trouble. So fuck her.
2: Yep. Yep. Sorry. She pisses me off to this day. (laughs) Yep. Oh, that's absolutely fair. Yeah. All right. Um,
3: The other uh, update that I would probably have is... Um, it, not so much as an update, uh, but it, it more of a just kind of like reminder, I guess. Um, I did the story early on on Ryan Stuka, um, yeah, who came from the Kootenays uh, at like twenty years old and. Um, came to the interior of BC, you know, at 20, 20 years old and was like, um, he disappeared one night after a party. Um, that was like 15 years ago now.
2: Hmm. And yeah, he would have been, uh, he would have been our age. So like, um,
3: no, born and he was younger than us, so he would it still, be he, young. Anyway, uh, yeah, still yeah. no like, um, no information. The reward now is. Oh yeah, okay. Sorry, my my brain was. Is off, but yeah, it was five years ago now he went missing. Um, which fucking wild. Um, the oh. reward now is up to fifteen thousand dollars if anyone can find any information or any or find him at all. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there, his parents are still looking and. you mean hopefully out there but like it's a it's a lot of mountain that's... range to cover and
2: Ugh, that's awful
3: yeah
1: yeah that's that's i i had gone back to and looked at the jacob gray case and i mean they've they've long found him now but you those missing persons cases where they just disappear off the face of the earth is
3: fucking mm. wild
1: it really really is you think oh surely we've explored every corner of the earth and here we are still, you know, turning up weird ruins and everything and there's so many little
2: places that people could run off to or fall into or... Ugh. For sure. All right. Okay. Emus. Emus! Uh,
0: So... As like as in our last update, we we had that conversation about how John Cleese is doing a movie called The Great Emu. Right.
1: War.
0: Um, it was supposed to begin production in 2021, but I really haven't seen anything on them on it. Hmm. But um, they may have been beaten to the punch because not even a couple weeks ago, an Australian comedy troupe began to tour their film at Monster Fest in Melbourne, and uh, yeah, they've they've got a movie.
4: Uh, uh, I'm gonna share the
0: trailer here. You guys, oh
2: yes, oh boys, oh ridiculous. yes. Um, <laughs> like content <laughs> warning: there is violence and naked bits. <laughs> I have seen this. This is insane. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh my god this is like sharknado but for emus <laughs> yeah this is amazing oh my
3: god <sighs> <laughs> oh my god so ridiculous
1: that is, that is wild. Right? <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's something. The bad green screen. <laughs> oh, gosh. So good. Yeah, so that's
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you go, Halle?
1: Uh Let's talk about Counterfeit Wine and Rudy Curniawan. Oh, yeah, that guy. Rudy's back, baby. He's back in the wine game. He's back oh. forging wine and getting paid for it. Oh, yeah. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> Rudy Gernilwan, uh now released from his 10 year prison sentence and living with his family after being deported from the US, actually has people paying him to make them fake wine. I cannot make <laughs> this shit up. It is amazing. <laughs> So, quote, wine fraud expert Maureen Downey has uncovered photos and tasting notes from a dinner held in Singapore in July of 2023 at the exclusive Pines Club. Cornelia Wan was tasked with creating fake versions of the 1990 DRC Romane Conti and the 1990 Petrus, which seven guests tasted against the originals. Most of the tasters preferred the fakes. This is just because everybody loves a con artist. Everybody loves a con artist. And somehow we always wind up trying to let them redeem themselves. And they just so rarely manage to make it out of their own lies. Uh, Quote, the notes written by a guest are fawning. So here we are again, the same setting, a smaller party of seven to experience again the magic of Rudy's vinyous knowledge, imagination, and craft. In conclusion, Mr. Rudy Curniawan is a vinous genius. Wow. Now he is. I, he's a super I... taster. Yeah, he actually is like scientifically his taste buds are on the nth degree compared to us normals. Um, and so what this what happens is, quote, he talks to his big collector friends and they pull some of the biggest wines they have out of their cellars. That guy gives Rudy a list. Rudy makes his own version of the wines. They have a meal and taste them side by side blind. The man writes the tasting uh, notes. It, the man that writes the tasting notes is very good. And the overall impression is that people prefer Rudy's wines because they're fresher. That really speaks to the audience. What Karniawan is doing at these dinners is not illegal, at least not in any way I'm aware of. You or I could blend some Cabernet and some Merlot together and say, this is my attempt at the duplicate Lafitte Rothschild. Let's taste them against each other. Um, But I also want to point out that I did not know this. Karniawan comes from a, basically a fraudster family. His uncles and some other cousins have been locked up several times for defrauding uh, the Thai government out of 200 million plus dollars. Oh, Oh, yeah, so he's small potatoes compared to what these folks did. Uh, So, quote, fraud is the family business. It's a strong statement, but the facts support it. If Kurniawan is making fake wines for friends, could they find their way to the market? What's happening to the real empty bottles brought to these wine dinners? Kurniawan always (laughs) collected such empties in his Los Angeles heyday because it's easier to refill a real bottle than to create a new one. I don't think his tale is over quite yet.
2: You know what?
0: I'm not mad. Like if people want, if rich assholes want to pay this guy to like, Mm -hmm. see if they can dupe them, then go for it. Right. That's your money. Throw it away. That's fine.
1: (laughs) And that's all that that story was about was him duping like the Koch brothers and these rich white jerks out of their money. And so in that way, we kind of laugh at it because it's like, He's not really hurting anybody.
2: Yeah, it's a bit more consensual
0: in this case.
1: Yeah, and this is totally everyone's in on the joke. Ha ha ha, Rudy wants making us fake wine. Oh, isn't that just a isn't that just a posh? Oh my god. Like it's bleh. but the the funny thing about this is that this dude is genuinely good at what he does. Like he's not bullshitting. When it comes to his ability to actually make good wine blends, he's quite talented. He just, you know, rips off rich people, so.
3: I mean, he's ripping yeah. off the right people.
1: I, exactly. Yeah, it's full on eat the rich. I find his entire story just so interesting because wine fraud is a huge market. And there was a story, I think we talked about it initially, Kayla, they were finding counterfeit yellowtail wines. Yes, yeah. And they're still finding them in Britain? Oh my god. Still? Yeah. As of this year? And I was like, yellowtail is
2: five bucks! Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can get a giant liter of it for five dollars! It's not, why are you
1: faking that? That's wild to me.
3: (laughs) Maybe they just want it for 30 cents instead.
1: I guess. I don't, I mean, like, it's already the color of, like, golden weird butter. It's already got a weird color to it. So, would you really be able to tell if it was fake or not? I don't know. (laughs) I just find that whole thing so funny. It's, like, Okay. Everyone's heard of fake bu- fake handbags, but have you heard of fake wine? You know, it's
2: just... <laughs> Great. Excellent. Alright. Uh, Nathan, did you find another update?
3: Uh, most of the other stuff that I had was on... Um, a lot of it was, like, folklore stuff. Not um, a ton of, right. of updates on, on those. So. They didn't
1: find a new version of a story in a cave somewhere.
3: No, and Aren't if I it? do, I think I would prefer to do that in an actual.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, so the, there was nothing for the Rushmore one then.
3: The Rushmore one, um, it is mostly like. Yeah. yeah. Let me go read the read. The article. Thank you, Hallie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I just
1: remember seeing it because every time Mount Rushmore comes up, Snope has to, Snopes has to uh, relist their article about the quote unquote secret, not so secret room in the back of Mount Rushmore that you talked about. So, yeah. Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> basically, the it, it, uh, major construction projects are happening at the mm-hmm. National Memorial. Um and I guess the work oh the work happened what in, in twenty twenty or it was starting in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um but it was mainly just to make the park more accessible to people. They're Is still working works? on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was accessibility up- upgrades. So yep. it's nothing like super
1: no, well, I mean, I cool. thought there was something there. It's only because the Snopes article popped up. I remember seeing that pop up again. I was like, "What the hell?" And then yeah. I didn't make the connection initially. Yeah.
3: So.
1: Cool,
0: cool, cool.
3: Nothing
1: exciting. Hyenas. Right. I have an update.
0: Oh. Um. So the update itself is not specifically about hyenas, but a couple weeks ago, it was reported that scientists have found a new way to find woolly rhino DNA, and that is in fossilized hyena poop.
2: It's kind of fucking
3: amazing. <laughs> it's it, that's not a woolly rhino. That's a that's a unicorn.
2: Aww. so weird. I love it. Do uh, you got another one? Uh,
1: basically out. just that the I do have several actually. I just wanted to mention that the last week tonight episode about the New Zealand bird of the year or whatever century contest that they're doing. No one forget the Kakapo exists and they're dope. Um, And
2: their flocks are now up, well up over 200, so. Oh, that's awesome. Bird. Yeah. Fugu. Fugu. I have an update.
0: So this spring, an elderly couple in Malaysia died from consuming fugu that they'd ordered from an online retailer.
1: oh no that's
3: rough
0: so in malaysia the sale of poisonous or harmful food like this puffer fish um is illegal so people seeking fugu in malaysia have to look to alternative routes to purchase like sketchy online sales oh yeah guys if you really want to try fugu (laughs) go to japan go to a licensed chef don't order it online and try to prepare it yourself (laughs) Oh, There's a reason no. that requires a proper license to like prepare and serve it. Uh
2: huh. That's no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Alright. Another Hallie? Uh. Yep. Yeah, I got. Hold on. Let me see.
1: I gotta scroll down here. I got three more. Oh wow. Okay. I've only got one. Yeah. Left, so. Uh, so Paul Bragg, episode 54, uh, just wanted to briefly mention that Patricia Bragg, whose lineage to the Bragg family is kind of odd, having married Paul Bragg's son, but then later was adopted by Paul, question mark, after the son died, yep. uh, passed away in August of this year, as uh, she was oh. 94. hmm cool. Um, and there's no real news outside of that. I'm sorry? Of the day oh, yes. that she passed away? yes hold on let me click the thingy here the article see what it says
2: um passed away on august 10th okay (laughs) yeah august 10th she was ceo of the company for more than 40 years um
1: i uh, just wanted to point out that in th- i didn't know this in 2019 the Brad company quote was purchased by a consortium of investors including family friend katie perry yeah i remember hearing about that it's so weird yeah, it's odd very odd uh so just wanted to to mention that um yeah
2: so whoever is in charge now i don't know That's, yeah i wonder Um, Mm -hmm. the reason i asked about the date okay um so according to
0: the montauk project folklore every Mm -hmm. 20 years things get really weird um they use examples from alleged events of the montauk project you know the time travel and everything um Mm -hmm. this year between august 10th to 14th was supposed to be another one of these peak weird times But looking at the headlines from that month, there was nothing to announce here. I did not see it! But Trisha Bragg died.
2: How's that? There you go. Well, balls. (laughs) It's all connected. (laughs) Everything.
0: All right. Well, that's what I got. All right. Take a some, Hallie.
2: All right. Yes. Two more.
1: Uh, Episode 67, the Nibiru Conspiracy. I almost didn't look this up. Because I was like, no, there's no way. <laughs> there is shit, and I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> yes! So, we didn't get to talk much, uh, really, I think, at all about Mike Buckner, who is a very well-known conspiracy theorist on Twitter. Uh, is usually where he operates. Uh, I, I swear I've brought him up, either connected to the Nibiru or in some other conspiracy theory thing that I've covered. Um, he's quite well-known in certain circles. They're, it's, they're like... Nibiru has, has always been, since QAnon has been around, they've always been kind of circling each other. And now there's like flat earth in that too. So, anyways, um, Mike Buckner added again, most recently in August of this year. He is a big, big voice in the land of Nibiru conspiracies of late. Here is a tweet from him in August. That made me laugh so fucking hard because they always type in all caps with the emojis. And for our listeners, it says, the final 24 hours of civilization. Nibiru approaches. The pole shift is coming. Floods, quakes, fires, head for shelter, caves, bunkers, alert your family, friends, neighbors. Few will survive. I am headed for the caves. Good luck. X." I'm headed for the caves. I'm headed for the caves, man. And then he links to CAA. I don't know. I wasn't brave enough to click on it.
0: Um, It It's a government website, so theoretically. Let's click it
1: on. Yeah, Well, well, And the Nibiru poster, if you click on the um, I'll give you what he actually, what the whole link is so you can see this Nibiru conspiracy poster that he linked below it that just cracks my shit up. Um, These people leave this shit on Twitter. It's fucking amazing. So, if I I click it,
2: uh, it goes to this link in his tweet, CIA goes to.
3: What is this PDF? The
2: The Adam and Eve
1: story by Chan Thomas. Oh, God. Do I know this?
3: Do I know this? No.
1: (gasps) Okay. I just love that when you open up the
0: tweet, it says, readers added context they thought people might want to know. The world did not end. Did you find <laughs> that' helpful?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's so fucking funny. Okay, I'm going to have to look at this document that he links because it's like... What the fuck? What the fuck did I just get it? Oh, see, this is why I don't click on things sometimes.
4: Okay.
3: Obviously, someone on the other side changed the code <laughs> so that the world ending... Is going to happen? What
2: is this? Yeah, I don't know. Classified in part. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. We're gonna have to look at it. This is fascinating. The passions and so tales of nations. Um, Mike Buckler is a, a fascinating um man in and of himself. He claims to be an ex NASA employee, and he got an MBA from UC Irvine in 09 and he's a quote independent researcher. He's a conspiracy theorist. Um, So, quote, So much for the scientific explanation for why we weren't all annihilated. Now for the answer from Mike Buckner himself. Let's face it. It's difficult to follow up a we were all going to die. I am headed for the caves tweet. But Buckner gave it a good shot, explaining to his followers that the physics worked, but he had gotten the shape of the earth wrong. (laughs) So here's that follow up tweet. And for our listeners, uh, it says, I thought I was right, I thought Nibiru was coming, the physics worked. What didn't work was my fundamental understanding of reality. I now know the truth. Capital T on that one. We live on a flat plane, we live underneath a firmament, the globalist life or control, more to come, MB. And there's a map that below that, I'll give you the link so you can see it fully, that says the world beyond the ice wall, which is a flat Holy earth shit. thing. Oh yeah, yeah. baby. <laughs> that is
0: off the fucking rails this well, document is seven pages by the way
1: i know i don't know what it is i'm oh, so curious now so i was audition. just like oh i'm not gonna click on that i'm sure he's linking to some kind of weird crackpot bullshit he's linking to some kind of weird crackpot bullshit that apparently was originally sanitized by the cia yeah let's, let me see what
0: this fucking thing is because i need to know time it's march 11th
1: Okay, so it's from, is this from Time Magazine? Time, March 11th, 1966.
2: The what declassified fanatized document discussing the topic of lost ancient human civilizations
0: and cataclysms that occurred on Earth thousands of years ago, causing them to vanish from the Earth without explanation. This peek at a Chan Thomas's Adam and Eve story that answers questions about... Why so much mystery surrounds our ancient past and discusses ancient enigmas like the pyramids of Giza, Easter Island, Tijuana, Bellback, and the lost city of Atlantis. Oh, shit.
1: Why does the government have this on? Like, why does the CIA have this on their website? What is this? Okay, we're going to have to read this. Because this is connecting. It says, after this tumble, we join Noah, Adam, and Eve. Atlantis, Mu and Olympus and Jesus joins Osiris to Aurora, Zeus and Vishnu what the fuck is
4: happening oh my god oh my god copy
0: on Amazon and one rating one star what the fuck is this supposed to be What the fuck? I heard some people in podcasts refer to this book and thought it'd be enlightening as to current world events. However, this book is more a pamphlet filled with partial, incomplete, pointless ramblings of insanity, or somehow supposed yeah. to pass for facts of some kind. I'm trying to figure out what the hell the point of the scribbling is supposed to be. Do not waste your money on this piece of rubbish. And I'll oh my post- god! It. It this
1: is, is in incredible. This looks like if John Birchers got high and did acid at the same time. Oh, dude. Amazing. Okay. So, we're going to have to dig into that. I'm going to need to look at that later. Oh, the five-star uh, review. So yeah. Oh, five no, review. really?
0: Wretched book. If you are a Bible believer, this book will only offend you. The man has, not relu- has no reluctance to destroy the truths of the Bible and replace them with unproven rubbish. Take your cash and go <laughs> buy three tacos at Dairy Queen. You'll be much better edified. I only read one tacos. chapter and tossed the book
1: in the trash. Why did you give it five stars? What? Because they don't. Some people, when they do that, they don't understand how star systems are supposed to work. I swear to God. Apparently not. I have seen that happen so much. They're like, I hated this. Five stars. The hell? That's, oh god. Okay, so anyways, that's Mike Buckner and Nibiru. It was supposed to hit us again this year. Um, so we'll see next year if, if uh, good old Mikey here decides when it'll hit us in 2024. Oh, or maybe it goodness. won't because it got the physics wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. It have been great but... if that lined
0: up with, uh... actually, when was that tweet that lined up with the peak weird times?
1: Oh. oh it was just
0: after it. It was August 17th. It was just after. Oh damn. Yeah. That so would have been two days off the okay. peak weird times. That's what he <laughs> got wrong. That's what he got wrong. That's what the he got wrong. End. That's
1: what
2: he got wrong. And the crashed into uh, us. This is just a simulation. It's too much. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, last one, the Georgia Guidestones. Oh yes,
3: yes. Yeah.
1: The Georgia Guidestones. Uh, quote, early on the morning of July 6, 2022, security footage captured an individual quickly approaching the controversial landmark with an object and sprinting away to a silver sedan. A few moments later, additional cameras picked up the explosion, which confirmed that the object placed by the individual was indeed a bomb. Later that day, the remaining pieces were demolished and hauled away due to safety concerns. And I have a picture of them hauling that away. I just thought that was kind of interesting. So here's that picture. Of the big John Deere crane lifting because that shit was heavy. That's what I found. It weighed several tons. Yeah. Um, and so over one year later, we still don't know who did it or why. The why part is probably easy to take a stab at or an educated guess. There were an awful lot of people who thought the Georgia Guidestones were demonic and or satanic in some way. And given this is the US we're talking about, some yahoo with too many explosives and not enough logical sense probably figured they'd blow it sky high. Especially when you have Georgia Republican gubernatorial candidates also calling the Guidestones satanic and here's from twitter uh good old candace taylor also candace your first name is spelled moronically just gonna Mm -hmm. tell you that Mm -hmm. yeah uh her quote says god is god all by himself he can do anything he wants to do that includes striking down satanic guidestones that was on july 6th (laughs) 2022 and has over a thousand likes on twitter excellent all great yeah. and 2000 I mean,
3: replies god yeah. god can do this actually it was just some like neurotic dude who likes running his car into things see
1: that's what i just don't write. Of, like, yeah. like running into the
0: yeah. um the guy from the satanic yeah not something yeah from the, yeah.
1: yeah that guy <laughs> mm-hmm yep yeah. yep yeah, that's just... Uh, although the thought of someone thinking, like, yeah, my car, build American Tough into this stone, gonna take it out, and... Yeah, he would like, not win no, that fight.
3: Just... Well, no, yeah. no, like, wasn't his whole thing with the Baphomet statue, like, I just don't think that there should be any religious statues on, like...
0: Yeah, yeah, well, he did not that You know
3: what, the... that's wild and fucking crazy, but at least it's sort of kind of the right crazy...
1: I yes. kind of, yes, agreed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the guidestones had been i if I remember correctly, had been run into by cars previously. but again, you're not sure. going to like yeah,
2: you're not going to yeah, win that beautiful.
1: fight, yeah, it's yeah, it's nuts. i I was just like, ok. um, so uh, and my very last thing about it is there had been speculation that a time capsule had been buried under the guidestones, but according to local authorities, no such thing was found. The mystery of the guidestones and whoever the hell blew them up remains unsolved a year later.
2: Well shit. I know. Maybe next year. I maybe. I really hope it's the most
1: stereotypical backwards um sorry right wing moron from the US who thinks a bunch of stones are satanic and i was just i really hope it's somebody like that that we couldn't like it's florida man but georgia
2: that's <laughs> what i want that's what i want it to be that's it okay. that's all she, that's you know all she the... wrote
0: um so looking at this adam and eve thing again um oh my
1: god yes
0: on uh let's see On January 2023, the Joe Rogan Experience talked about it.
1: Oh, fuck me, running
0: in
2: April. um, Which people got people's interest again? Great. So Rogan, ugh. Here, nothing like a moron with money. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) all he is. This is science, Corsetti
0: replies. Oh no. Oh, okay, 1963, Chan Thomas wrote The Adam and Eve Story, The History of Cataclysms. It was classified by the CIA after being, purchased, uh, by being published, but was eventually declassified in 2013. However, only 50 pages were released. In the decades since, Thomas's controversial book has gained popularity as readers have been able to access full copies of
1: text online. <sighs> I just want to know why the CIA classified it. Can't. Well, if you're talking about it in the 60s, they basically classified everything. Back then.
2: Mm. Because there was
1: so much you were coming out of McCarthyism. You were going into the age of love. JFK was president and or had just been assassinated like they were classifying fucking everything then oh my god yeah, I we need to I'm go, i gotta look at this yeah i gotta look at this this is what is, why is there a transmittal slip what is this for sprinklers what is this <laughs> what in the world this could be like Tire gauge. it might have to be i am seriously i'm thinking that because this is
0: oh. this is
1: fucking bonkers this is bonkers i do not know what this is and it's so funny because i listen to so much about these weird like when you know because so many people like still aren't familiar with like what the john birch society is and all these i listen to all this shit i've never heard of this so it must be i want to say i haven't heard everything when it comes to conspiracy theories and the weird ephemera that they indulge in and and um consume but i've never heard of this yeah no this this is new to me too this must be deep down. Yeah, this definitely the, seems like something that someone would have associated with Montag at the, some point. Yeah, this is in the conspiracy bunker. This is way down there. Parabens, which why? were not
0: pretty, plump babies, but hybrid man and beast were the glyphs for legs or the oh foundations, foundations or underpinnings. Instead of being placed oh. in the Garden of Eden, one was taken away, and a Naga or Maya reading of the yep. Egyptian Book of the Dead shows the cherubims of the North damn it. East, South and West were taken away.
1: We're getting into cherubs and nephilim. Fuck! Of course. Okay. The foundations of the Mother Continent in all directions were removed or destroyed. <laughs> there it is. There it is.
0: Oh, oh man, buddy! Now, this is, this is... So I found our next episode. We're going to
1: read this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why are they talking about Nelson? It's, like, half, okay, part of an article from Time Magazine. Then you have attached with this Adam and Eve story published by Emerson House in Los Angeles, which I'm immediately going to go figure out what the fuck that is. Um, In the world. There's weird, like, haikus about God. Yeah. And, like, a list of the creation of the world. Yes. <laughs> the, like, timeline of what God did to make the world a weird map what we're getting into okay 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 i'm just like scrolling through to see if anything pops out at me and like aha that's the point of this i don't think so (laughs) i think it's crazy talk but uh now we're talking about noah and the epic of gilgamesh why but also the hit wait he Yes, Vishnu came alive, a man who lived through a cataclysm 70,000 years before our time. Actually, 10 cataclysms ago. He is known as the Hindu god of 10 resurrections from the waters. Osiris, too, was rediscovered. He was the Jesus of his time, a man from Egypt some 15,000 years ago. Noah smiled at us from the pages of the Epic of Gilgamesh. He actually was a Sumerian named Utnapishtim. U- Naptip- i don't know who lived at years ago the arc he built is more than legend the process of a cataclysm is known now what the fuck what the fuck just happened did i just summon something by reading that out loud like what the hell you're
3: you're fine it'll be fine everything's fine
1: it'll be fine the sunspots there's a super galaxy there's a parent super galaxy oh my god i'm so excited
0: Last lines here, a little bit of knowledge can be a dangerous thing, or it can be a vibrant seed giving rise to verdant forests and awakening sleeping giants.
1: This is our next thing. It has to be. Yeah, 100%. All right. Oh my god. Courtney, I am so sorry you're missing this.
2: (laughs) Fuck. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I think we can wrap up there. I kick Craig?
3: No, yeah, I will. Uh, fuck. fuck Craig.
2: I don't know what it is, but I like it. That's wild. That is so bonkers. I can't. Love it. I have, yeah, I have
1: no idea, but it is delicious.
2: We're going to wind up summoning something. That's just. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be conspiracy so- theorists. <laughs> I know.
1: That's terrifying. Oh, my God. Amazing. Amazing. That's it for this week. Thank you so
0: much for being part of this journey with us. Whether you've been here since day one or you're just picking us up now. You'll never know how much we appreciate it. As for next week, I have no idea what we're doing. So you'll know when I know. As always, links, pictures, and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Human Exception. Have a story you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, or you just want to say hi? You can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And to get the fun, come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend.
4: Thank you.